Hey friends, what's going on? It is Greg, Zach, and Scott. Why do you always like seem like you forget our names? I, it's pause for effect. Greg has <laughs> a short-term name forgetfulness syndrome. Short-term. Actually, you know what? Something funny. S-T-N-F-S. So today I went to Community Grounds up in uh, Columbia Heights. Coffee shop. Coffee Church. shop. Church. Uh, they serve corner coffee. Friends of ours. Just helping them with some stuff up there. And you couldn't remember Matt's name? No, a customer came in and uh, Matt was doing something and I happened to be behind the bar. So I wanted to welcome them. And uh, I welcomed her so well that she wanted to shake my hand. Wow. She told me her name and it was great. And then I turned to Matt and I said, this is Josh. Oh, yes. And Matt just, just he just rolled with it. It Matt, was great. Matt, if you're listening right now on behalf of what, Greg. What is the significance of Josh? I'm sorry. I don't know. I called him Josh in front of the customer. Oh, I you called Matt Josh. I introduced him <laughs> as Josh. I, I thought mean, the customer's name was Josh. No, no, no. I said, this is Josh, like pointing to Matt. And Matt didn't respond at all. He didn't flinch? Or no, he, he, just ro- he just rolled with it. Okay, I'm, I'm Josh. She shook his hand and goes, hi, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and then later I had this moment of, I just called you Josh. That's so great. <laughs> uh, and then you feel like you have to use his name so that he knows that you really know what his name is. <laughs> just, just see so you Thanks know. a lot, Matt. Matt. <laughs> see you next time, Thank Matt. You. Matt, I don't remember your name. So maybe I do have this do you know his in last, the moment. Do you know his moment. last name? No. It's Josh. Matt Josh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's he's not. not <laughs> he's not a NASCAR driver. <laughs> uh, Dave. I, yeah, so maybe I do have this short term. Short term name for I just have these pauses yeah. for names. Maybe it's scarred in me. It could be. I there was a, a guy that came to Corner Church. Uh he's moved a couple of years ago. His name is Ron. But he called me Chris for a long time. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but it was fine. I I it was I corrected him for a while, but then I just like let it roll. It's good. I can be Chris. I will respond to Chris. When Chris is yelled in a large room, I'll turn around. <laughs> I just want to do an experiment where do you ever I get just... called the wrong name? Yo, yeah, I get I get Josh and Kyle all the time. Mm, you could be a Kyle. Um, those is it because you have a face like a Kyle or what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just get Josh and Kyle. Uh, my friend's mom in college Because you always say, me... my name is Josh. Yeah, sure. My friend's mom always called me Jake. And we just rolled with it. So, my friend's mom knew me as Jake for quite some time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever... Oh, come on! Well, there's that one instance. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we uh, were sitting in a car in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> Greg is. This is before Greg worked for the Corner Church World. And uh, the now, in the United States, the highest person in the Assemblies of God denomination. Yeah. At that time was not in that role, but he hops in the car. I'm sitting in the back and they were chumming it up in the front, talking about golf. And he took me golfing. You got to go golfing. All this stuff. And then the, holes together, the like whole time he's calling you Gabe or. I so, think it might've been Gabe. I think it might've been Gabe. And so while I'm driving, I get a text from Scott. Is he calling you Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept it going. Hey Gabe, are we almost there? Yeah. Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, man. So when... Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. 
Josh. No. Matt. Doug. <laughs> Doug Clay. Doug Clay, if you're listening to this podcast right now. One. My name's Greg. <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. Corner Conversations. Oh, man. We do this podcast to try to share some insight of uh, what's going on in the Corner Church world, but share some insight of process of how we get to our messages. And this week, um, it's a united service. So this is opportunity for all of our locations and service times to get together. And I I always say so like one celebratory type service, like we're celebrating being together, we're Mm -hmm. celebrating community. And uh, so we're talking about Ruth 3 this week. We're in the middle of our Ruth series, and, and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But if you happen to be in Minneapolis this weekend and uh, you were thinking of coming to a Corner Church uh, service, just know they're not in Corner Coffee this week. If you show up in Uptown at 10 a.m., you will be locked out, and we'll be having fun at the Target Field Amphitheater without you. So join us, 10 a.m., Target Field Amphitheater. I think we're actually doing a, uh, like, 45 minutes before, we're doing just a connection hangout time with uh, refreshments and coffee. And uh, so you're invited to that. So just come hang out with us. Um, anything else? Well, thanks, Josh. That was a good intro. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This is Target Field Amphitheater on Sunday. That's it. Yeah. It's great. We'll see you guys there. We're back at it again. Doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) We're jumping in. Come on. Keep it going. We're sitting in a basement right now. Uh, it feels a little bit like if the Ninth Saw movie came out. This is the initial starting scene from the movie. Well, it's just a little dim in here. There's and we're three guys in a room with tiny chairs and tiny and table chandeliers, and there's burlap covering the ceiling, and, and the walls are yellow, cups. and there's a staring painted child on the wall behind me. And the first challenge is see how long you can survive in these tiny chairs without your legs <laughs> falling off. They get yeah. kind of tired. Yeah, yeah. So kind we're of like, kind of like doing a wall sit all the time. Yeah. In a we, should po- we should wall sit while we podcast one of these days. Next week, we're going to be doing our uh, wall sit podcast. So join us for that. It'll be a whole 30 <laughs> seconds long. 30 <laughs> seconds. What are we talking about? Ruth three. Ruth. So we've been going through the book of Ruth. Ruth is a quick read, about 15 minutes to read through the four chapters of it. Uh, it's, it's in stark contrast to... The end, Torah ends, and um, two books later is the book of Ruth, and and the first five books of the Bible are, a lot of it is built around, it is normal people, average people, but doing supernatural, extraordinary, uh, human trajectory changing things. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden there's this little tiny narrative of Ruth where it's a couple widows, some kids that are dying die <laughs> a dad that dies and uh, and then an old farmer and uh if you had asked the question externally if you read over this book and you go what do these people do that was remarkable uh it's not a moment of remarkable being the epic the unimaginable the mir- the miraculous the remarkable is found in their character and their just the personality traits and that being played out caring for each other meeting each other's needs so it's kind of fun to, <clears throat> I don't think I'll ever build an ark or lead a group of people across the Red Sea. Hey, don't shortchange yourself. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so know. down on myself. But uh, 
but definitely these we, this we've been trying to use the book of Ruth as a mirror to evaluate look at uh, analyze our own lives mm-hmm. and so we've looked at Ruth and her commitment chapter one uh, Ruth and Boaz and their character chapter two and uh, today um, moving from Ruth and Boaz Naomi is in the, in the mix too but uh, if by the way if you hear some people in high heels walking above us that's another thing about being in a hundred year old building in the basement yeah but, like I said is it is it noticeable I mean yeah <laughs> this is so well, Scott wearing high heels <laughs> <laughs> we are not doing wall sits we are all wearing heels walking on a wood floor uh, but this uh, <laughs> jumping in and out of our conversation but the oh, the foundation of this chapter three is seeing uh, Naomi and Ruth uh, looking from uh, short-term solutions to a, a long, well, short-term sustaining or making it through one day to long-term solutions. That's a really big, hard thing to learn. How how do I go in my life from focusing on what's right now, what's important, what is urgent, making sure we get through it to setting up for the long haul for success over the long term. That's really hard. Well, one thing that, I mean, I've said over the years is that there are moments in our world where it's so easy to be looking at your feet going, where am I going to step next? Where am I going to step next? And the problem with that in life or work or parenting or being a husband or whatever your thing is, when you're looking at just the next step, just the next step, I mean, proverbially, but often it's like literally you walk right into a wall and like, I didn't even know it was going to be there. Mm. And uh, it's that's a terrible, terrible moment. And all of a sudden you go, I either I have to backtrack or it's over, just as over. Mm. In the <clears throat> Ruth 1, Ruth 2, what are the, like, as pastors, there's like pressure to like communicate well so that people learn things. But in those two chapters what would you say you've learned or what's affected what's changed in you in the last two weeks because for me it was this last week so i didn't speak this last week hannah spoke in uptown and maybe that's part of the secret is being able to listen but like just the the reality of ruth's commitment from chapter one having effect on her character in chapter Mm -hmm. two yeah was pretty pretty intense and drastic and I think that continues on in in the Ruth story and uh, that's what stuck out for me I think yeah it's it, it's so easy to compartmentalize especially like how we're doing this is talking chapter by chapter but this is completely tied together one yeah like you said character or excuse me commitment is a a precursor a foundation to character which is Character and commitment are precursors to moving from just barely surviving, figuring out how to survive today, to thriving long-term. And then next week, as we go to chapter four, going from just seeing that whole transition of life. Ruth went from married to sickly or dying, to being a Moabite, an outsider, to then, again, through all of these layers of character of commitment and uh, looking long term to where she is part of the lineage of David which is the lineage of Jesus and so it's a complete shift change trajectory change yeah because if you took Ruth 3 and you didn't have Ruth 1 and 2 Ruth's actions seem weird at best yeah but 
Ruth's commitment and character building into what happens here in chapter three uh, enables this, I would say, weird situation to be something that is actually good. Yeah. Yeah, the challenge for me, too, that has been like you asked that question is that the book of Ruth has no moment where and then God did or and then they did for God. That's probably my favorite thing about Ruth. Yeah, it, the the challenge for that in me is that it's so easy to like sacred or spiritualize or give like Christiany focus to some aspects of life story or narrative, and then to go well, then there's the other part of me. And I feel like if you talk to Naomi or Ruth, uh, talk to Boaz in retrospect of this story, you say, well, where was God in this whole moment? They would go, well, where was God not in all of these moments? Right. And uh, I think that it's so easy to think that when we tag a chapter and verse onto a circumstance or we tag a church calendar thing or when we tag a... Uh, just just a like a Jesus word or a spiritual uh, like uh, Christianese. We say these are really Christian moments. God is really doing that. But what if God is God is in and working through and is in the midst of all of it? Yeah, God is. Yeah, and this is that's how if you go from the the Torah, the first books of the Bible, and this, you know, you say. Oh, God was parting waters and destroying armies before. What is he doing here? Well, he's using average nobody, less than nobody foreigners to accomplish his will and purpose. And that's miraculous. Mm -hmm. And to not see that as less miraculous. Yeah. So I I think in the last year, a lot of my language has changed in my prayer time and even just how I talk about God. It's it's not about like asking God to do something or asking God to come be present in something, but it's about God changing my awareness and understanding that God is he's already there. He's already in that situation. Help me understand how he's working and how can I can help in that. Yep. The challenge of retrospect but in this story there was none the the last lines that we'll look at next week is that um <clears throat> ruth and boaz get married they have a child it leads to the lineage of you know it's great grandparents of david they never knew david they didn't know david was going to be a king they didn't know any of these things and so this seeing god's presence and god's working it doesn't have to be epic and even more maybe challenging is that it doesn't even necessarily have to be known at all. It can be beyond us. So with all that said, where are we headed? <laughs> what is what, well, what does happen? In I mean, we, we're going to ask a question, have people talk about what has been or what is or what could be or will be stressful in your life. And stress, we, we've talked, we talked a little bit about even earlier this morning, is that... Um, Stress is good. Stress can be bad. Stress can be about the unknown. And, you know, so it can be in about complete ambiguity. You can feel stressed, but also can be in things that are really, really known. And so... uh, And it's guaranteed. It's promised. Yeah. 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 You want to be an adult? (laughs) Meet my friend's stress. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a a part of of life. And, uh, And when we go into Ruth chapter 3... Uh, it would be stressful to have come back. You, you know, Naomi says, you know, I, I left with everything. I come back with nothing. Call me bitter. 
And now the harvest is ending. They've had provision as uh, Ruth has been going and threshing or harvesting behind Boaz's uh, workers. But that season is over. He's been really taking care of He's been super generous. But the harvest doesn't go year round. It's a very short season. And all of a sudden, you know, they're like, let's celebrate. The harvest is over. Scott knows he's a farmer. I'm a farmer. Yeah. Yeah. And so when the harvest is over, there's there's more work to do. But... The provision that is that we see in its numbers in Deuteronomy about mm-hmm. letting the poor and the foreigner come and harvest behind you. That season of their thriving is over. And so, all right, what are you going to do next week? Because the little bit that you got is going to run out. And then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And so um, this was a stressful season for Naomi and uh, for sure for Ruth, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a stress. <laughs> Zach, you had so many things to say, and you just sad. I wanted to say I didn't want to. I didn't want to take take it over, but the story itself is pretty powerful. How Naomi talks to Ruth and says, "We need to find you a home. We need to find you someone to take care of you," and tells her to get dressed in her nice clothes to essentially stop wearing her mourning clothes and yeah. uh, to show. Boaz. Which would have been invisible. It's like like we would. We don't really know. We don't really see it like it was. You know, mm. like black is a mourning color. Yeah. But people who have lost a loved one don't wear black for days or weeks or months. Right. But so this changing of clothes that you're talking about was a moment of like go put on your best clothes. Was yeah. yeah. Uh, the season of mourning was over. It yeah. was an outward expression of what was happening inside. Yep. Which yeah. is things we've talked about in the past. Yeah. So continue on. Well, and just perspective that, I mean, this is Naomi asking Ruth to do something that, um, man, Ruth has already made a lot of really hard decisions. She's yeah. decided not to go to her home people of Moab. She's decided to stay with <clears throat> Naomi. She's decided to go work in this field and probably still has no idea what is next, but decides, yes, I'm going to put on clothes and symbolizing to Boaz, I'm, I'm available. So she goes down to the threshing floor where Boaz is. And it says after he's eaten and he's had drink and there's celebration going on, he falls asleep against his grain and she lies down at his feet. And, um, what this really symbolizes, uh, he wakes up and asks again who she is and she essentially proposes to him by saying, would you spread your garment over me? And, um, really simplifying symbolizing the wing of God, but like, Mm. would you, would you cover me with your wing? We like to joke about the garment. You can ask us about the garment, the cloak, ask us about the cloak. So in this moment of proposal, Mm. Boaz, uh, what, what does he do? He says, no. (laughs) it's over good luck sucker you got my free grain i think it's amazing that this is a moabite widow who's an outsider doing the proposal this Mm. is a book written three thousand years ago by king solomon uh just think about what that means this culture that was very patriarchal but that this great king would write this story about this woman who was an enemy and who proposes to this man and Boaz, he essentially goes on to say, um, there's someone else in line who is your family redeemer. So I need to let him make his decision first, whether or not he will marry you. But surely as if he doesn't, I will absolutely redeem your family. Which in that statement, uh, he was guaranteeing their provision. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. which is powerful. It's the powerful to say, uh, we're going to do what's right, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure you're not going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. And just think about, I, I was thinking about this now as you say it and before is that um, that all of the stress building up to this moment and then, you know, Boaz goes, who, who's down? What is what's happening? And he, he it, um, it's it's Ruth. Um, and she does her proposal and uh, like everything was about to explode. I'm sure uh, I, she was this was the peak of her stress. And then Boaz says, listen, there's somebody that's closer, mm-hmm. but don't worry if, if he says no, um, I'm here for you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just like feel the weight of that just going, yeah. just exploding. Yeah. What what a what a change. Reading through this story one time, you might miss it. But really, this is almost more a celebratory moment than chapter four becomes because this is Ruth's moment of realization. Wow. It's going to be okay. all this way. And now I'm going to be provided for one way or another. Yep. Things are working out. And uh, just to think about the choices she's made, not knowing what was going to come of it all. And now here's the first real defined moment of yes provision is coming and Boaz says you know come here uh, and gives her six measures of barley to take back again another moment where I think this is powerful about the the whole narrative that we're talking about going from momentary provision you know Naomi could have said grain's almost gone go get some grain and come back Mm -hmm. but he's she nudged her into go and be grafted into this family. Grafted. Don't be a. Don't be a. You don't like grafted. No, I just you, you're a plant guy. I just didn't expect that word. <laughs> <laughs> so be be grafted into. I mean, she family. was already grafted in. But yeah. she went. I mean, I, the, the grafting this. into uh, Elimelech's family yeah. was broken when the son died. Sure. And so this is a regrafting in, and uh, but. So he, <clears throat> she goes looking for long-term provision, and in the midst of this, it, it's not a. I, I feel this is dangerous to see these things as a promise, but here in this moment where she focused on long-term provision, long-term connection, long-term relationship, and her immediate need was met as well. Yeah, here's yeah. six measures of barley. Go yeah. back. Which we talked about character last week, and I think this story, even though God is not spoken of often. We clearly see God's character play out in the storyline of yeah. provision in the short term and in the long term. And we can choose to pursue just the short term mm-hmm. and get caught in that. But God's character is one of provision in the long term. And when we make choices that don't seem like things are going well, that doesn't mean provision's not coming. And that's that's yep. rough. We're going to ask the question when stress is highest, why is it natural to focus on surviving today? And I mean, this is right where you're talking about what you're talking about when there's, so there's stress, like I'm really busy lately. Welcome. Welcome to adulthood. Right. (laughs) But if there's a moment where this, the stress is acute, it is crushing, it's overwhelming. And, uh, you just, it's the fight or flight has kicked in and you just go, I've got to, let me, what do I need to do to get through today? What do I need to do to get through today? And then you string that together for weeks, months, even years. But uh, why is that so natural just to look at just one more step, just one more step? Why does that feel like that would be easier or more important or work? That's something to do with like survival. Like when you're in survival mode, 
the goal is just to just that, just survive. You just need to get through. Uh, Long term, what plan is or what can be, it doesn't matter when you're in in survival mode. Hmm. I think survive. That's a great way to put it. I don't think we've used the word survival mode, but when you're in survival mode. You can do things that are outside of the first two chapters. You can neglect your commitments, and you can have no character in order to survive. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking this out loud right now as we we talk through this. Is that here's a moment the natural outcropping of commitment and character is not survival mode. It's it's long term solutions, and because uh, survival mode has no pro- like you you say. Why did you hold up that convenience store? Why did you do it? See, things were so bad. How did you get there? It's like things were bad for a long time. And listen, I had to. And that's not always the narrative of somebody doing something wrong, but it can be. Yeah. I think we can go back to, I mean, just our culture is so individualistic and it's really hard, even in my life, to ask people for help. Mm. It's really easy for me to stay on my own and figure everything out that I can figure out. But in these deeper moments of stress, if we isolate, I think it leads us to getting less and less healthy. Mm. Uh, stress builds up and we don't have the ability to come out from under it. I think that our human design is that in the moments of deep stress, we're so much better together. We're better when we're able to ask someone for help. And that's practice for me because I don't want to ask for help. I'd rather just get it done. Well, even Ruth, who committed yes Ruth who had character yes it required the push from Naomi to make this thing with Boaz happen it their community people are required like if if I could just you know do it all myself then why would why would there ever be a call to community or be a part of community I think short-term solution survival mode it doesn't always happen in isolation. I think a lot of times it's done alone. Mm-hmm. But I think long-term solutions, I think it would be pretty rare that those are done in isolation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So these aren't rules. I mean, I'm sure there are examples. But the likelihood of doing a short-term solution, uh, that that's something you're just confined in your own head and crushed in your own spirit, all those things, it's probably pretty high at least for me and then a moment when i'm looking for a long-term solution uh i mean that's when i'm i'm it's not a, a rule but for sure i'm i'm obviously pulling my relationships and for sure god into the, the process mm-hmm. as well yeah yeah you willing to ask for help i think at the end of our process for long-term solution we still have to make choices i think about yeah. financial stability no one else can make a choice <clears throat> for me to have financial stability but one of the best things I can do is ask for help, ask for people to give me wisdom and guidance on that. Um, if I'm stuck in depression and I can't get out of it, I can have short-term solution. I can have long-term solution on my own, but it gets so much better when I'm willing to share with someone, hey, this is what's going on. I really need help. I don't know what to do with this. Mm. I can't process it. Mm. Do you have anything you can help me with? And uh, to me, that just is so much better to be able to invite people in. That's, I think, what we aim to do in community at Corner Church. is like we want that to be a reality for us, that when we get to those hard points of needing to set up long-term solutions and we feel like we can't, that we know, ah, I've got this person in it with me. Mm. Uh, I've got these people, this community in it with me. That's the goal. Community is what can keep us out of living in survival mode. 
Yeah. Yep. When things get stressful, things get hard. Yep. And it's the moment where you go, well, where's God in that? It's like, well, where's God not in that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where's God? Yes. So, like, we've done every week, we've used these, these portions of narrative as a mirror to reflect back on our own lives to evaluate. Again, it's, it's super easy for us to go, all right, I'm the pastor. Look at this. There are three pastors here this week. So we're going to tell you, don't focus on temporary fixes. Focus on long-term solutions. Let's pray. And what does that do? It, uh, I mean, that for me, uh, I would struggle to remember what they did. They said something, and they were quite emotional about it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to, we want to turn this into a moment of process, a moment of reflection and evaluation. And as we looked at commitment, we were looking at it like, what, where are some areas in life where we feel draw or need for commitment? And what are the reasons we're being committed? And what is the cost of being committed? And now talk about that tug of war. Last week, we looked at in Ruth chapter two, we talked about <clears throat> character. And I mean, we know it's, it's a loaded question to go about what character trait do you feel like God is nudging you towards growing in? And then going, well, wh- why do you feel like that character is important? Character trait is important. What's the value of it? And why is that character trait hard for you to have or to live out? Now, talk about that tug of war. And this week, we're talking about, you know, what is an area in your life where you feel stress or need? And uh, I know that there will be some people that go, I, wh- what, what is the stress and need you speak of? Yeah, right. <laughs> I hate those people. <laughs> uh, that's nice, strong words. It's good. It's, but, they're, <laughs> they're not real people. That's true. I was listening to this podcast and Josh said he hates people. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> Gabe. <laughs> yeah. And then then we'll talk about the tug of war. So you verbalize and to ourselves uh, what is a stress or a need that we have. And then what is the long-term solution? What would that provide for you? So write that out. Put that on the table. What is the long-term solution? What does that do? But then also to write the risk, to internalize the risk, the cost of shifting from survival mode to long-term solutions, because that is a big leap. If you're going survive, 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 and then go, wait, I need a long-term solution. It's proverbially, it's the moment when somebody's going, I keep getting all these really, really t- terrible, poor paying jobs, and I'm trying to find another terrible, poor paying job, and I'm going to get a second or a third one. And then going, wait, I'm actually, I'm going to go back to school. Mm. Now, the distance between having that education and deciding to go back to school, the higher income job and the surviving day to day is risky. Yeah. Really, really hard. And so it costs. Them. Oh, my goodness. Cost. And it's a lot of people would say the decision is made. I can never do a long term solution. It requires sacrifice. I think <clears throat> of like people who struggle with different kinds of mental disorders and stuff you can choose to do that in isolation and there's cost of trying to deal with it yourself and live Mm -hmm. in that survival mode or you can sacrifice and find the help that you need and community that you need to get through it i mean we can see a lot of these in there it's like when you think about addiction and you just go i'm gonna break every bottle of alcohol that i have in my house and like well that was a great short-term solution but the to getting into rehab, doing a one-year residential rehab, 
It's costly. Yeah. And so the goal of this, when we put all these things on the table, is that we'd be able to have to visualize the tug of war between short-term solution or short-term fix and long-term solution. Hmm. And then be able to, like Ruth, <clears throat> hopefully to have a moment where we go, uh, Ruth and Naomi, I, the harvest is over. We got to get you uh, in a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could... Let's go to the fields one more time. Could have been Naomi's encouragement. Maybe let's try to get extra and sell let's, it. Yeah, let's, let's get a big, big enough. Let's steal pull. some extra. Yeah. Let's take. Yeah. Let's take advantage of Boaz. And all of those things would have been contrary to commitment and character. And now mm-hmm. this is this third outcropping of then long term. And next week, the final outcropping of that, the final fruit of that, is uh, a being. Uh, into God's greatest plan, being from married to what is outside of God's plan, his will, his way to now you're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer separate. You're in. You're part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. United Service, 10 o'clock, Target Field Station. So if you go to... If you like, take the light rail in. Yeah. If you take the blue line. Or the green. At the green line. Either if, line. When it stops... Our St. Paul friends can come easily. <clears throat> easily. We're right, right there, right at the end of the light rail stops. There's an amphitheater there. We'll be there with all of our communities. Are we so, getting one of those blow-up guys? The noodle guy? The intergalactic and <clears throat> waving arm man. I think we're against That'll, those. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we should be against those. Noodle men. What, what we'll have is uh, Greg, Zach, and myself will be impersonating these noodle guys. That'll be how you're welcome. The fan noodle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll have good coffee. Yep. The again, nine fifteen coffee and refreshments. I think we have a dozen people that are bringing refreshments. Yeah. So so come eat. Come I'm and hungry. Come and eat. Sick. Have coffee, Literally. and then uh, also it's going to be the maybe the first, not the first. We've had a couple of nice days, but less than five. This is going to be a beautiful day. Yeah, finally, less than five. We've had ten good days so far, right? I mean, thirty-five I and myself? snowing is pretty nice. Yeah, 40 is amazing. <laughs> I mean, anyway. something I just, maybe it's this isn't the place to say it, but something to celebrate is that uh, I think we, this is the first United service where we have excess people signed up to help with things. It's huge. And, uh, you know, being set up, tear down, uh, doing all of the things that need to happen in order for people to feel welcome and connected. It's not the most glorious stuff, but it's, it's the stuff that is important. It's important. So thank you for those of you helping. Don't hear through that, that you can't come if you haven't signed up because we have too many people. Please come and help. Even, <laughs> yeah. even if Greg you said we have too up. many people, so none of us came. <laughs> Next week's podcast. Everybody's dumb. <laughs> I need help. Nobody showed up. So please come. No, it's please. just encouraging. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thanks. We'll see you Sunday. Check out the Take a Deeper Questions in our comment section and uh, see the upcoming summer events on our website. See you later, guys. Bye.